Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Hoopside Chats. I am Keegan Remy Miller alongside Naresh Adala. What's up, Naresh? How's it going, Keegan? You know, pretty good into May. You're done with school. I still have work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're you're into some job interviews, though. I mean, we were talking about maybe later on the show giving some shout outs to seniors. Um, Besides missing out on the, the last leg of their college Quidditch journey, everyone is now trying to do a quarantine job search. So I don't envy envy of those people, including <laughs> you. Yeah, no, nah, it's it's brutal out there. So like all the seniors that are looking for jobs, and that's not even including the seniors that ha- or like other students that had like internships that they can't go to anymore because of obviously the quarantine and stuff. So this is not fun. But um, but yeah, like I got lucky. I had a friend that um, she's working at a company and she hooked me up with the job interview. And it's so far I've had two interviews and it's gone great. So I should be hearing back in like a few days. So fingers crossed for that. Yeah, I mean, good luck to you. Good luck to all the other seniors out there graduating. Um, Obviously, as we look towards the summer, MLQ is uncertain and the fantasy season is uncertain. So you'd think even some of the uh, more goofy or fun parts of of life that seniors can count on in normal summers while they they, uh, go through this stressful job search process aren't going to be there. but, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, something I dude, honestly on. So Friday, the 8th of May was my last day of like classes. Like I submitted all my stuff on Thursday and like Friday theoretically was like the last day of my exams. And I woke up that Friday morning and I just realized I was done of, with school after 21 years. And it was just like it was insane. Like it, my next I don't know what I'm doing now. Cause I have no work. My internship is done. Like I'm straight up just chilling. <laughs> yeah, no, it's wild. Cause like, I remember when I graduated, I mean, we had, I had Quidditch and then that ended and then I had all my finals and those ended. And then at least at Brandeis, I know a lot of schools do this, but we had a senior week. So I had like seven days where basically all the other underclassmen left campus and we just had seven days to fucking drink and chill before graduation. Oh my God. And then, yeah, no. And then, and then we had graduation. We had to move out the day after graduation and it was like this huge thing. So when I woke up the morning after my finals were done, it was like, Oh, Oh, this is crazy. My finals are done, but like my friends were still around and, and I could go party and everything else. And it's, it's crazy to think like, like your whole class kind of misses out on that. I mean, I don't know what Rutgers would do regardless, but, but just in general, like my, at my alma mater at Brandeis, I know there's a few Quidditch people who gra- just graduated and, and that sort of thing. So yeah. it's kind of well, wild. I think that's a good segue in terms of Brandeis and like Boston Quidditch scene. Um, Massachusetts Quidditch conference actually came out with this new thing that they're doing with special shout outs to all the seniors that were a part of MQC this year. And I think that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, no, it was it was a super cool initiative by them. Obviously, Harry Greenhouse leading that conference um, has extended his offer for help to to everyone else around the country. He's he's done an excellent job running that conference. Um, I know there's other people who help him. I can't come Finn up with their names right now. Yeah, I know Finn McGargan is um, moving forward is definitely also helping. I don't know if, uh, if he was on that board this year, but. Um, yeah, everyone who's helping Harry, it's great. All the people who are who are writing in to help out the seniors, it's awesome. Um, 
this was also a really weird year for me in that because I went to grad school, all the seniors this year are the are who are graduating were freshmen when I was in grad school at Brandeis. Right, right, so yeah. like this is officially next season will be the first year that Brandeis Quidditch has had a team since fall 2012 that I have not played with somebody on the team. Yeah, dude, um, it's, it's, wild. it's like wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But anyway, uh, talking about kind of going old school, that's a good segue to our interview. We have together two absolute legends in Quidditch, uh, Missy Hanley and Arian Godesey. I mean, what an interview it was covering the World Cup three to last year's USQ finals. I mean, last year's MLQ finals. Uh, an absolute crazy whirlwind interview. Um, yeah. Had a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> I mean, in, uh, we did end up talking about USQ finals as well with the uh, Heat versus uh, Cavalry comeback win for the Cavalry. And then we also ended up talking about barbecues and 30-hour truck car rides. Dude, I thought this was one of our best interviews. I genuinely had so much fun with it. And I was kind and of annoyed. it fully that covers it. 10 years. <laughs> which was like crazy. Like with World Cup 3, is like 2010-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way up through the season. I mean... It was, yeah, no, it was an absolute delight to talk to both of them, so we'll send it that way now. Hello, everyone. We have two very special guests today. First off, a co-founder of the Villanova Quidditch team back in 2009, a member of that team from 2009 until 2013. Uh, She then moved on to NYDC for a year before joining Warriors from 2014 to 2018, and then Texas Cavalry after that from 2018 to present. And uh, in her MLQ career, has spent 2015 to 2018 with the New York Titans, and then last year, 2019, with the Austin Outlaws, is Missy Hanley. What's up, Missy? Hi. And alongside Missy, we have a member of the UT Quidditch team from 2012 to 2016. He won... uh, World Cup 6, 7, and 8. He took a year off after that before joining Cavalry to win U.S. Nationals 10, 11, and 12. He's also a member of the MLQ Austin Outlaws team in 2017 and 2018. Both of those teams won the MLQ Championship. Uh, Then he joined Team USA as an assistant coach where he won a gold medal over in Europe and is currently a Team USA player. It is Arian Godesey. What's up, Arian? Hey, guys. Those are uh, two pretty impressive resumes to start off the bat. Lots of talking from me right away. <laughs> so yeah, let's just let's just start with it. Um, if you guys have listened the last couple of weeks, we've actually been surprised with the amount of guests that have actually joined the Quidditch community, knowing what Quidditch was before they even started. But you guys, you guys were a part of like the original. Like you guys were a bit. You guys started off a bit earlier than that. Missy, you started in two thousand nine. How did you join Quidditch and like what made you join at that time? Um, well, I mean, for me, uh, I had, I mean, since the Harry Potter books came out, I uh, was probably the biggest Harry Potter nerd that you could find. Um, so once I had gotten into college, um, I had heard about the Quidditch World Cup. Um, it was very, very small the year prior to me going to college. I think it was just two teams, Middlebury versus Vassar. Um, in my freshman year, unfortunately, we didn't have a team. Uh, and as a freshman, you know, it's, you don't really have the ability to, to start anything since you don't really know anybody. Um, I lucked out 
tremendously when I came back as a sophomore to find at the um, activity fair that there was a Harry Potter club. Um, so immediately had joined that. And through that, um, well, I guess my freshman year when I was at college, I actually, I knew I saw World Cup 2 happening online. And I had a, one of my good friends from high school was uh, a student at Middlebury who had texted me uh, something along the lines of, hey, I bet you'll never guess what's going on at my school right now. And to her surprise, I knew exactly what was going on. Um, so you said I, we saw World Cup 2 happening online. Was this like a Facebook post or were they already streaming games? I honestly think it was on something like MuggleNet or, or some Harry Potter <laughs> fan site that I don't even know if it exists anymore. It was like a post that was like, hey, check this out. It's happening. Yeah, and it was streaming. It was not great quality, but I was like, uh, Megan, I'm actually watching it uh, right now. Um, so, but I mean, I, I don't think she was very surprised. Um, but then, yeah, so we had a, a Harry Potter club coming into my sophomore year. And uh, immediately, we kind of formulated a way to start up a team. And the, the three big people that were part of that was myself, uh, Billy Greco, and then um, the person who ran the Harry Potter Club was Jackie Coleman at um, Villanova. So we just, you know, kind of started with tryouts. Uh, I mean, had a very vague understanding of the game. We had downloaded, I think it was Rulebook 3 maybe at that time to just quickly read over. Um, and originally tried to just kind of sort us into houses and play that way. Um, but I don't even know if we ever had the numbers to officially do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there was no qualifications to, to joining um, or to go into World Cup. They were in the fall back then. Uh, so we, you know, got enough players and got enough interest to, to make a team and, you know, went out to Middlebury at a, for, you know, World Cup three, it was our, actually our first time we had ever played against an, another team was at World Cup. Um, That's awesome. So, Do you remember how many teams were there? It can't have been more than, no, I think like 12 or so. I want to say there was 22, but maybe wow. ended up only being 21 because a team dropped. Uh, I mean, I remember us driving up there in these really old Villanova vans, um, us getting lost. It was a, it was a journey to, to get there. We, we didn't get there till like two in the morning. Um, we didn't really have GPS. We had written out hand oh, directions. That's a throwback. <laughs> and, uh, some of those directions were wrong. So we had to quickly retrace our steps, uh, about two hours backwards to then, God finally get there um it's definitely worth it um much much different than than what it is now i think they they sorted us into uh we played in like they called it the the pennsylvania pool um so we were i think we had lafayette moravian and it was chestnut hill who we played uh but i i mean i remember seeing a game happen in real life and then I think immediately seeing someone get like tabletopped on brooms up and just kind of being like, Oh man, what am I, what did I sign up for? But I mean, it was, it was a blast. It was such a fun weekend. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. That's genuinely pretty cool to like hear the origins of like 
the so like so the first time of like Villanova playing and that's practically unheard of for a team to pretty much play their first games ever at a World Cup. Um, so that's pretty cool. And so switching over, to it's the- crazy that somebody who was at World Cup three is still playing Quidditch and like has played MLQ and that sort of thing. I I don't know. I'm just I'm young enough that my first um, Quidditch memories are World Cup five, which by that point there were so many teams already. To meet somebody who's at World Cup three is pretty cool. Hundred or so teams there, so it, it definitely grew. Um, yeah. And it became a lot more, I mean, I don't remember a single foul getting called in any of our. <laughs> there, can't been, there can't have been much of a ref certification process back then. I don't think there was one at all. Um, I don't, I mean, there was definitely a head ref, but I, I mean, I, I don't remember much of ARs. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming there had to have been goal judges. Um, but I mean, it was, they also, which has also been a, uh, we had off-pitch seeking, which is now not a thing anymore. Um, another big thing that they did at this World Cup, which I think they had stopped after that, was um, kind of antics during the game. Um, one of our games, during our brooms down, eyes closed, uh, the snitch removed all the balls from the field, so we had to go find them. Oh, those things, yeah. There was uh, another game where a bunch of Middlebury students dressed in garbage bags came on the field because they were demented um, and just kind of wrecked havoc. Uh, one game, the snitch gave the snitch tail to a kid and then defended the little kid. Uh, <laughs> there was another game where the snitch was actually hiding in the, um, this, the audience. It was on a big hill, and so he was sitting there. And once the Seekers found him, about 20 or so other people that were sitting around the snitch took off their sweatshirts and they also had a yellow shirt on and they all ran onto the field. So you had to find the correct person. It was all fun, but I, I understand why that all got taken out. Um, very frustrating if you lose in such a manner. Yeah. Um, switching over to Arian real quick. So Arian, when we look at the, um, so we're, I'm looking at USQ standings right now. I'm looking at Texas history. So it looks like, the earliest record of a Texas game started in 2013-2014. Was that first year of UT starting the program? No, I'm pretty sure it was earlier because we were at World Cup 5. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't there, but the UT team was there. I think that was their first appearance at World Cup. Naresh, I, I don't know where you're looking at stats, but 2012-2013 was World Cup 6, which UT did win. Hey, bro, I'm just looking at the U.S. Twitch uh, standings <laughs> routine things that they got going. The earliest they have is 2013-2014. Well, so I guess Man. that brings me to my question, Arian, where it was the team – you so UT already had a team unlike Villanova. So when you first started – when you were first applying to colleges, I guess, did you know there was a Quidditch team and did you think you were going to try out or – Yeah, so it – Turned out rather fortuitous. Uh, I was in high school, and one of my best friends had a stayover at USC. Um, it was basically he was going to go to USC and stay the night and experience the campus. And the person that he stayed, that he was paired up with, the college student, was August Lures. And I don't know if you know August Lures, but he was the captain of USC, and he was on Team USA for Quidditch, I think, in the first global games. Yeah. Right. That's- so he comes back, and he's like, hey, I stayed with this guy. He's the captain of Quidditch for USC. I played with them. It's, it was crazy. And I was like, cool. Sounds pretty lame. Like, <laughs> congratulations. Like, 
It basically, I heard from him that there was Quidditch. Uh, when I went to UT, it wasn't on my mind. He told me that he made the USC team. He said, I think UT has one. And literally, I looked it up the night before if UT had tryouts. And then I woke up in the morning and I was like, am I really going to do this? <laughs> I was like, whatever, fuck it. I have nothing else to do. And I went to the, I guess it was our quad to, for tryouts. And honestly, if it was just kind of like, not the way it was, I don't know how to describe it, like not the athleticism and the, the structure and the intensity that it was, I probably would have left. But <laughs> I mean, the way they had it, it was, it was all out. It was exactly what I wanted from a sport at that point. Right. Um, there was one drill, we called it Thunderdome. I think it's been modified throughout the years. Basically, it was just a, a circle of cones. I think maybe what, it was it was tiny. And they just put two people in there with a quaffle and was like, just go at it. Like, <laughs> just go nuts. I was like, oh my God. Like, I was, and he was like, they were just pair, they just said pair up. And I was standing next to Simona Renz. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah. I looked and I was like, Hell no. Like, no way. I got next to, like, the scrawny kid and was like, I'll deal with this guy. I'm not going up against whatever this man is. <laughs> but, like, that's scrawny kid was on his team, Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, so that's how I got into Quidditch. And then from there, made the team and then just haven't looked back since. That's awesome. Um, kind of similar story where when I first joined Rutgers Quidditch in 2016, it was my first ever tryout. I walk in and it's Phil Kane, just and they're just blasting uh, Disney music in on. They're sitting on a hill waiting for people to show up. They're just blasting Disney music. I was like, this is amazing. I love it. And then we actually started like doing drills and stuff, and we were doing Gladiator, which is kind of similar to the drill that you just described, the Thunderdome, Thunder, Thunder, or something. Thunderdome, yeah. Yeah. So Thunder, yeah. We were doing that. But it was kind of, it was different, but just with beaters, where it was one-on-one -on -one beater battles, you would get in the circle, and it would just be, it would just be like that. So, with my luck, I ended up playing, I ended up uh, matching up with Devin Lee as my first ever opponent. And so, here I am, a freshman, like, a week into college, going up against Devin, and I throw the bludger. This man, like, jumps and does a split in midair and, like, it was insane. As soon as he does, as soon as he did that, I was like, this is the sport that I want to play. And yeah, so it's like kind of similar to your story where it's like, after that, I never looked back because it was that perfect blend of fun, but like highly competitiveness. So I completely get that. Let's go back to Villanova real quick. In so in 2010, mm -hmm. Villanova, you guys won your first tournament at Brotherly Love. And then you guys. Yeah. So yeah, you want to talk about that, Missy, real quick? Um. I mean, it was a smaller tournament um, at Chestnut Hill College. I mean, honestly, it was it was a blast. It was the first time that I think it might have been the first time that we had played since World Cup three. We might have had a small tournament in Vassar in between there, um, but I think it was the first time we had some bigger competition outside of um, Chestnut Hill, and we had also played Chestnut Hill at World Cup, um, so it was kind of nice to to get them back. Um, there was definitely still a lot of uh, off-pitch seeking stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I got to give it to, to Billy Greco as our, our seeker. I mean, I want to say we had a couple games that, I mean, he ended and it was like 30 nothing or something incredible like that. He was a, a phenomenal uh, seeker for us. Um, 
That's was, and uh, that is Team USA, Billy Greco for yes. for some of the younger people who don't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, twenty twelve team. We, I mean, I think wow, we we had so, just a lot of fun at that tournament. Actually, a lot of us. Um, it was right before our fall break, and a lot of us were actually going to um, Harry Potter World that weekend. So it was uh, down in Florida. So we kind of had a, a full weekend of just fun. Um, nice story for, uh, I guess, about Billy is uh, he kept that, that trophy. Um, so we still have it. And when uh, I'm the year above him, so when I actually graduated um, and at my graduation party, that was one of his gifts to me um, to, to keep Villanova's first ever uh, Quidditch trophy. So I, I still have it. It's uh, definitely uh, not in the same shape it, it was initially, but uh, I mean, definitely something that you know, I will I will always keep. That's awesome. And then just going on with the with the progression of Villanova, you guys went, so your first at World Cup 3, you guys lost in the Elite 8 to Boston University in 2010. Yeah. Your next year, you guys also made it to the Elite 8, but you lost to Middlebury, who were the eventual champions. So that's yeah. uh, that's nothing to be upset about. And then, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so in 2011, yeah, you guys were... It was were... a tough game. <laughs> <laughs> we scored twice. I mean... <laughs> I think there's some film out there somewhere. I mean, they, they, they were just on a different level. They, they just steamrolled us. I mean, I remember the, the one goal we did score, we had a kid named Wes who uh, hit a behind the back shot. And that was our highlight. Of the <laughs> and then, yeah. So progressing on to there from into 2011 world cup five, you guys were the 15th ranked team coming into the tournament. And just like the progression mm -hmm. in the two years, is absolutely amazing going from a t going from competing in one tournament in 2009 to being in the elite eight and then being the 15th best team coming into the tournament that's absolutely amazing and then you yes. guys eventually it's a you guys eventually uh came in second place in the championship series losing to emerson yeah so after um world cup because all our world cups were in the fall at that point we um yeah we at World Cup 5, we, we got knocked out by Pitt. Um, one of the teams we beat, Minnesota, ended up going to the Final Four, I believe, that year. So that was kind of cool. Um, but there was this, it was a championship series. Um, it was like an invitation-type tournament at Harvard um, in the spring. And that would probably was my last, or one of my last, like, college, or official college tournaments as a, like, because I was a senior that year. I think the crazy thing with that tournament was we were missing a lot of our players. Um, it was the same week as when we have Nova Fest. So whichever um, musical act or something was coming to the campus. So most of our freshmen wanted to, to go to that. I can't remember who it was, but they were all really hyped to go see them. Um, so we were missing a good chunk of our team. And then um, our two seniors, so me and uh, Enon, who was our coach at the time, uh, it just so happened that both of us had at Villanova. They'll do this thing on a Friday night where you'll you get to um, eat with a bunch of other classmates at the um, president's like mansion or something. Mm -hmm. um, and it was that night, and neither of us wanted to skip it. So we're like, all right, like our team, whoever was going, you know, they left, and I don't think we left until like two in the morning or something like that for this tournament. Um, we, we got there, I want to say it was like five or whatever. And everyone else I think was staying at Zach D'Amico's house. 
uh, we just went straight to the field somewhere in Boston and then just fell asleep in our car. Um, and then our team woke us up when they got there. But yeah, it was a, a there's a lot of really good competition. I know there was like a Northeast kind of like power, like Merck type team, I guess you'd call them now there. Same with the Mid-Atlantic one. I think there was like a West team. Um, yeah, we ended up playing... Uh, Minnesota, so they were a uh, Final Four team from World Cup 5, and we beat them. Uh, we beat BU, and then we eventually lost to Emerson. And I just think, you know, by the time we got there, I mean, I don't think I had a sub. Our female beater didn't have a sub. Um, I think Zach D'Amico got a concussion. We were very down, um, and they had a very full squad. But it was a, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a cool tournament. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And then you guys followed up the next year with Villanova winning the first ever Mid-Atlantic Regional Championship over Maryland. So that's something you guys can always uh, hold over Maryland's head. <laughs> yeah, we, we took the, the very first one away from them. Um, I, yeah, this is a, it is a crazy game as well. I mean, I'm pretty sure from what I remember, it was a snitch range game. Um, and yeah, I mean, Billy Greco coming in, you know, again, just clutch constantly. Mm-hmm. So Arian, during this time period of the Quidditch world, I guess, what was Texas up to? Cause Texas is famous for the social media ban. Was that a recent thing or how, when did that social media ban start? And like, I guess what, how did, so it's just Texas, bro. Texas is so good. How did y'all get so good? Uh, man, that's a loaded question. You know, there's a lot that goes into it, you know. Um, I'll start with the ban real quick. It was just more of a don't post online. We focus on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get caught up in anything that's going on. Don't focus on what other people are saying. It's all about us. And that was the mantra of pretty much every team I've been on. Like, people will say stuff. People will rank us lower. People will say we're not going to win. Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. They don't know what they're, what they're talking about to some extent. We know what we're going to do. We know we're going to win. And it's worked every time. <laughs> uh, and that's just basically been our philosophy. It's why get into that drama when you could be focusing on yourself? Why worry about what people are saying online and getting into verbal arguments when you could be working out, when you could be getting better? And that was what we wanted to do. Um, in regards to like, the dominance, you know, it's just been our intensity from the start. You know, it's just been that focus and intensity every single time we step on the pitch. Um, I mean, just for a reference, like another story, uh, Chris Morris was my tech, my first Texas captain. And it was during a scrimmage with UTSA right after our regionals. And it, it's a scrimmage. Like, we're just there just to scrimmage them. And he accidentally scored an own goal. And after that, he did maybe 20 suicides and was running himself to death because of that one mistake. And it was that kind of just like accountability that drove everyone forward. Just like we focus on ourselves, we make sure we do our job and then everything else will follow after that. Yeah, hundred percent. When your captain's doing that, that's pretty impressive. That sets the tone for the rest of the team. So I guess following up with that is how did that culture, I guess, start from where was it like because of the athletes that you guys got? And that's how it sort of developed? Or was it like as soon as the program started, it was just this is how we're going to do things and we're going to dominate from here on out? 
Yeah, I think it's the latter because there, there's always been teams with great athletes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the accountability follows after. Mm-hmm. It was more of the mentality of those players and those first players of this is how we're going to run it, this is how it's going to be, and then ever since then we've just been carried on that carried on that tradition of awesome. Those hard. first players like Harry Potter. It's like Missy's story is so common, and like especially you hear about quotes four and five and i know a lot of people i know in the northeast started because they like terry potter and so then they had to like add in the sports later sounds like ut had the sports up front I'm like why is anyone playing this sport then yeah honestly yeah with harry potter wasn't a big thing for us when we first started at least when i came in like that was the last thing kind of on people's minds it was I mean, just, I think yeah. by the time that it seems like UT and then like you yourself kind of got into it. The, the Harry Potter aspect was on the downslope and the, like we want to be a real sport was on the uptick. Like, I think we were talking earlier and you were like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have joined Villanova like with like branching out of the Harry Potter club and being, you know, when I mean, we were wearing capes and, and it was a lot more, like whimsical and for fun i mean if you had athletes back then i mean that's what how you were going to win there was not really much strategy or kind of really anything at that point um but i mean i definitely think that that might have been kind of around where like the the balance kind of tipped yeah well at ut there there were people who loved harry potter and they were part of our org and there was a place for that in our texas quidditch org if you love harry potter and you're a fanatic there's a place for that for you but when it came to like texas quidditch the varsity team that was kind of left at the door and it was hey you're here to work you're here to win and take it seriously and that was what texas quidditch was since i joined this is, an, this is another question for instance, off that, because you talk about Texas Quidditch, the varsity team. I know Texas is a big school. Like, so is Rutgers, and so is Villanova, who doesn't have a team anymore, and so is State, and like all these other schools that can barely field 21-person rosters. Like, is the Quidditch team known on campus to people who don't play Quidditch? Is, is this like a cool thing to join? Yeah, UT, after we won the first World Cup, it kind of exploded from there. Um, people recognized, people knew of Quidditch. And from there, we got the numbers, we got the players, we got the org, got bigger. I think my first tryout, maybe around 60 people. And then, you know, which is one thing. This last fall at, at Rutgers, yeah. we had what, like 22 people show up? Oh, stop that. Yeah. We had like 40 people, 22 on both sides. So. But like, we considered that a win, but you guys are saying you you just said you guys get sixty people on the regular. Well, that was that was the first year. one. Was the- before they the, before they won a World Cup. Yeah, and after that, it's been easily a hundred plus after oh, every. I would say, you know, we're, we were really lucky that the art like Texas Rec Sports embraced Quidditch because mm-hmm. that's where we went to the next level. Because from them, we were able to get funding. We were able to get. Um, orientation time with kids and we really put a lot of effort into recruiting from that and we're really lucky that texas allowed us to do that because without that we probably wouldn't have been able to get it but when you're when you know thousands of kids are coming in through ut and then there's a booth for quidditch and it's serious and we have people who are talking about how athletic it is and how great it is the numbers naturally come from that yeah that's fair i think it was definitely i mean the early days of Villanova harder to 
attract people to come in and to be like, you know, this is serious. Um, Because, I mean, we definitely would get signups through Harry Potter Club, um, but not all of, you know, those ones were going to be like, you know, athletes that were going to be on our team. Um, And to kind of get those people, I think, was a little hard, especially given, you know, I mean, anything we could have shown them, you know, video-wise or anything, you know, didn't look like the most athletic thing um, that they might have wanted to be a part of um, at the time. But, yeah. Well, yeah, and then in regards to Texas culture, you know, every team that I've been on, you know, it's all been about, it's always been about nationals. Like, that's the goal. Like, we couldn't really care less about tournaments that happened throughout the season. If we lose a tournament, okay, like, learn from it. What do we do wrong? How can we get better? Move on. Like, we really couldn't care less about winning this tournament, that tournament. Of course, we want to win, but it isn't the end goal. We're never satisfied until we win that nationals. Right. And everything leads up to nationals. Everything. Like, when we go into regionals, we're thinking, all right, how are we going to implement this strategy that we came up with? How can we tinker with this? Let's look at this. Let's see if it works. And then, so when we come into nationals, we know exactly what we're going to do against what teams and against. And how, how we're going to win, you know? That's, yeah, yeah that's amazing. It's like just listening to just how basically methodical it is. It's almost like a machine. You guys are just absolutely amazing producing top-tier teams every single season. Um, Let's go with that. Let's talk about the seasons. And, and sorry, we've been talking about college for a long time to Major League Quidditch. Um, Missy, you were on the original Titans team that Augie Monroe moved to New York to participate in. Mm-hmm. And then Arian, I think you joined Outlaws the first year that they became a team the next summer. So no, that, do, that first year I was the head coach because I was still recovering. Head from coach. Okay. But, yeah. What What are your all uh, opinions on MLQ compared to USQ, especially in the early days? Was it just a, a way to keep playing the sport or, or was it more competitive back then? Or No, yeah. What's I your thought I, I like, I love MLQ. I mean, I thought it was a great way, a great summer season. Um, the athletes you get to play with, everyone coming together from different teams was really cool. I mean, and this is a knock on MLQ, but the only thing I would say against it is it's too short. You know, like it's three months. For us, as like Calvary and how we've always run it, we develop throughout the season. We tinker. We make mistakes, we fix it, and then by the time we're at Nationals, we have a finished product. And the only thing with MLQ was it was such a quick season that it was hard to develop like where we wanted to be. But that being said, it was still I mean, an amazing experience. Like love MLQ, love the rule changes that they come up with to keep the sport interesting. I have nothing but positive to say about it. Yeah. It's just- I just want to jump in because it, it's so funny to me that you talk about cavalry developing like that, and I'm like, ah, uh, yes, the the teams up north who have basically two two month seasons for USQ versus yeah. the teams who have okay weather the whole year. Uh, no, just to see if Missy's opinion's a little bit different coming out of the Mid Atlantic. Uh, I mean, as far as USQ or, or MLQ, well, about about MLQ, but I mean, I don't know if you have the same opinion that MLQ is too short or or if you're just enjoying the two and a half months of good weather that you get in New York, New Jersey. I mean, that's definitely true. I mean, you're, you're always guaranteed to have that um, nice weather, essentially, for that whole MLQ season. Um, my hardest thing is my first couple 
uh, years on MLQ was I was in vet school. And in 2015, I had just started the beginning of my clinical rotation year. Um, and then it was the, I, I guess I had just graduated for the 2016. So that was a little easier. Um, so I was actually in Philadelphia um, at UPenn during the first uh, season of MLQ. So to, to get to you know, practices was a little bit harder for me. Um, it, it all kind of depended on, on my schedule and if I had to be on call that weekend. Um, but I mean, I, so, I mean, I definitely wish I, I was able to, to be more present. Um, I mean, I made it to every series and to championships. Um, but I mean, it definitely, I think it was a, a great experience. I got to, to play with a, a bunch of new people and, and meet a whole bunch of new friends that I hadn't, um, before, um, I mean, definitely probably came out of that 2015 season with, uh, I mean, two of, you know, my best friends who were the other two female chasers with me, uh, Lindsay and Colleen, um, who, I mean, we're, you know, we still talk constantly to this day, even though we're now all kind of spread out. Um, I do know our, uh, I think, you know, we did have a lot of high expectations going into that season, especially having Augie on our team. Um, and I mean, he was a, a phenomenal coach. Um, I mean, I think we did have, a, you know, a, a great team um, and, and we could have won it, I think. But, um, I mean, we came close. I, you know, we, we had that snitch catch pulled, called off. Um, but, well, for a fact, Lindsay's still salty about that. But I mean, it is, what it, it, is. it is not our fault that the ref didn't count to three, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, I know for me getting to that tournament, um, I happened to, to be on, um, I didn't know if I was going to be able to go until probably the week of, um, I was on the large animal emergency rotation, which does have weekend shifts. Um, I was very lucky to have someone cover my inpatients, um, and so I was out in Kennan Square, Pennsylvania, since that's where their uh, UPenn's large animal hospital is. I'm so sorry. And so I'm so sorry. Real quick, real quick. What do you define large animals as? Uh, well, for large animal emergency, is pretty much mainly horses. Um, you would get the occasional cow, uh, but these would be things coming in with you know, needing emergency surgery. Right. Um, but so I lucked out that I, I asked our, there's always a captain or I don't know what, remember what they called it on each rotation that kind of made the schedule for, uh, the rotation. And I kind of got no shifts. Um, and I got someone to cover my, my inpatients, uh, and then drove myself. And I think a couple of other players out, um, to Toledo after I was, I mean, I probably couldn't leave until five, I remember one of my best friends from vet school calling me on the way to be like, hey, how's your rotation going? And then her being like, hey, why do you sound like you're in a car? And I'm like, Steph, I told you, like, I have Quidditch this weekend. She's like, oh, yeah, where is it? I was like, in Toledo. She's like, Ohio? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you are crazy. Um, but so, I, yeah, also another tournament where I had a very long streak of showing up to, to major tournaments somewhere between 1 and 3 a.m. Um, <laughs> it's an eight-hour drive from University of Pennsylvania to Toledo. 
Yeah, it wasn't fun. Um, (laughs) Coming back was worse. I did not know the final was going to be a best two out of three. Um, So it ended up leaving a lot later than I thought. Uh, By the time I finally made it back, I think I had just enough time to do my morning shift and then pass out in my dorm. Um, I was half asleep for my entire on-call. Thank God the phones that they give us are loud as heck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Arian, real quick, with you guys in in Texas, um, with UT, so with UT, right, you guys were one of the first teams there. What other teams were in the area that you guys got to compete against, and did you guys have to travel far the way uh, Missy had to for her tournaments? Oh, no, not really. (laughs) I mean, most, you know, three-hour drives. Um, At that time, when I first started, UTSA was a good team. Mm -hmm. Um, A&M, of course, was a great team. Baylor was really, really good. They were like our Achilles heel every single time we played them. Um, We used to make a joke that it isn't a UT season unless we just get slaughtered by Baylor. Um, But, no, other than that, it was just those couple teams. And we got good work from them because like I said they were good teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people complain that Texas is big, but those four or five schools are all in a little nice triangle right there. Oh, no, yeah. It's like two hours, three hours max. So coming back into summer Quidditch, I know we talked about MLQ for a bit, and you guys both said that you loved MLQ. Um, before there was MLQ, though, do you guys want to talk about fantasy Quidditch real quick? Because I didn't get to experience the level of fantasy Quidditch that I've heard stories about. And I know for a fact where um, there's a Billy Qua video of like the 2014 fantasy tournament. And I think the Southwest one, that yeah, was the yeah, huge was one. one. I think um, Aaron, you were on like the green team or something like that, right? Uh, I think I was on the blue team. Yes, the blue team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Bad research. Don't even know Sorry. what fantasy team he's on in 2014. <laughs> Um, no, I, mean, I, I love fantasy tournaments. They were a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, I know my first year of fantasy tournaments, we I did the fantasy tournament in Austin. Um, had a blast. It was a great time. Um, and then Augie, me, and Casey, and Cody Marshall and Sarah Hall were like, hey, let's, uh, let's go to the Northeast Regional Tournament. And we were like, yep. okay, like, let's see how this goes. So we literally drove. Yeah, so it's a plus twenty six. We we drove to New York. We got to Jacob Atlas, who was a former UT player. We stayed in his house. We got there like four AM. We slept till whenever we had to wake up for the tournament. We went to the tournament. We played in the tournament. We went to mm-hmm. go eat after and then we left and went straight back to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually at that tournament as well. We did not know each other uh, back then. You guys were the black team, yeah? We were the black team. I was on Ricky Nelson's team. I think we were the the Purple People Eaters that year. But we had Freddie on our team. Yeah. So we had a Southwest player with us. Um, Is it worth it for the 50-plus hour drive to play Quidditch for a few hours? Hell fucking no. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, like, Augie and I looking at each other after that, and we were like, never again. <laughs> Is that the dumbest thing you've ever done to play Quidditch? No, I've done dumb. 
I mean, if you, if you get into the topic of injuries, like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever done with Quidditch. Like, <laughs> but it's, it's up there. Don't get me wrong. It's up there. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so hold on. I guess I was asking more silly dumb than sad dumb. Oh, <laughs> the injuries are more sad dumb. <laughs> So wait, I so that's the so I'm assuming that's got to be the longest you've ever traveled, other than like, pr- that, yeah, it's got to be the longest you've ever traveled for like a Quidditch tournament. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we went to Italy, but yeah, that's probably farther. Yeah, but other than that, you, you got the flights and stuff though, so I guess that's why I kind of hesitated there. But that's insane, dude. A thirty-hour drive is no fun. How'd you guys last in that car? We really didn't. <laughs> I mean. We took shifts driving. Um, I it was just hell. Like that's just the bottom line. We won't let you relive that. Relive that. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was just like we had that one stop. We're like, we should stop here. And we're like, we stopped somewhere in Tennessee for barbecue, and they're like, that was nice. And they were like, all right, let's fourteen more hours or whatever it was. And let's keep Bro, going. Talking about barbecue. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> We're just going to move on and talk about Austin food for so 25 sorry, minutes. Dude, I don't care. Texas barbecue was the reason why uh, Rutgers showed up to Nationals last year. I'll openly admit it. Um, t- we were, oh my God, we were waiting until our last game was over because we knew we didn't have a shot. We were 0 and we were 1 and 11 going into that tournament. Wait, that last game though. <laughs> that was, dude, that last game. That last wow. game. What barbecue place did y'all want to go to? Was it Rudy's? Um, it was really good. Was it? Was that the one, Keegan? I think so. Yeah, I think so. It was like, it was like 10, 15 minutes Remember. away from the fields, and it was like it, it. They said that it was like the second best barbecue place in the entire uh, in like the area. So we were like, let's do it. So we went, and that was by far the greatest thing I've ever experienced. Texas it was let me, amazing. Let me tell you, Rudy's barbecue here is considered like. Fast food barbecue. <laughs> yeah, it's simple. I, my girlfriend is from from Austin, so I've spent the last two Christmases there, and like I was there last summer, so I've got to go to all the different barbecue places. Have you been to Franklin's? I haven't been to Franklin's because we haven't wanted to deal with the lines. Franklin's is hands down the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. Damn. You wait five hours, but it's amazing. Well, if you guys ever plan on. Uh... I guess next season coming down here for a tournament. <laughs> well, we'll, we got the flight tickets. We'll, all right, well, we'll we'll figure out. Like, we can, I mean, skip. We'll, we can pre-order some Franklins and and kind of, you know, go that route. Get to, you get you get some real barbecue. What's the best taco place? Huh? We're gonna stay on food. What's the best taco place? I mean, you're gonna have to. Yeah, I don't know. Best taco place. There's a place called El Taquito. It's it's really like. Kind of like a rundown kind of restaurant. Like you wouldn't take your parents there, but <laughs> it is the best taco place here in Austin. All right, I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna be there next December. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean the the sketchier the place, the, the better. better food is that's I think sure. I've stuff. I've had that luck too with stuff. <laughs> um. So I guess I guess going back into that road trip. So you guys stopped in Tennessee, got barbecue there. How did how did that make you guys feel comparing it to Texas barbecue? It was pretty garbage. <laughs> Damn, call him out. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Let's keep it. Let's keep this going. Um, I don't know. We could talk Team USA. Oh, dude, yeah. 100%. You, got, you were named uh, an assistant coach at Team USA. Um, what was that process? Did you have to apply for that? Like players apply, or did somebody yeah. reach out to you? Yeah, I applied to for it. Um, 
with Dallas and Yada, and I was able to get the spot. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Did you actively, were you actively coaching people over in Italy? Were you running drills and stuff? Were you mostly there to oh, no, yeah, management was, or something? It was very uh, hands-on in regards to strategy, um, dealing with the players, like, yeah, for sure. Like, Yada and I were all about it. You had a, I assume, a lot of focus put on Australia, that obviously being to the Redeem team after the, the loss in 2016. I mean, yes, but also, like I said, we, I kind of brought in our, the mantra again of like, yes, there's Australia, yes, there's these other, other teams, but we need to focus on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to focus on how we can be the best team, and then if we make ourselves the best we can be, everything else will fall into place after that. Like, I didn't want us focusing too much on Australia. Cause were you focusing on lines? Because, I mean, this is a lot of... I mean, there were there was, like, the quote-unquote Boston line and the quote-unquote Austin line, but there's kids from all over the country who hadn't played with each other. Yeah, so... We, all of a sudden meet up in Italy. Yeah, we focused really, really heavily on lines. And we started laying the groundwork before that. Like, who's going to play who? Who's going to play with whom? Um, what style are they going to play? And since the first day, basically... To some extent, it was like three mini teams at Team USA. It was, here's who you're playing with, get to know them, figure out your strategy, and then go from there. And one of the big things we did was, after day one, we told everyone, hey, break up into your lines, watch the game film, see what you did wrong, see what you did right, know what you want to do tomorrow, and then watch that on your own, separately in your own lines. And then we'll all come together and we'll share what we learned, what we want to do. So we basically had three separate teams playing on Team USA. And that was like really rationally the only way we could do it in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no way that one player was going to play with someone else from a different line because it wouldn't make sense. Like they didn't have that chemistry. They didn't have that recognition. They didn't know where you're going to be when this thing happens or when this happens. And that was what we tried to develop when we separated them into different lines. That makes sense. That's, I mean, that's kind of how I assumed it worked because Team USA sticks so close to those lines. Uh, so long as we're a bunch of amateurs who all have individual jobs. I don't think we're going to get much better than that in terms of team cohesion. No, yeah. I mean, like I said, there's no way you can like make teams make a cohesive team in that short amount of time so you just got to break it up into small groups and try to make them as best as you can and again when i say small groups everyone was still a team everyone loved each other it was a great time but when it comes to the quidditch aspect it's hey you're playing with these people you're playing with these people know what you want to do we made sure that they had meetings during the games like hey i would took our, I took our keepers to the side i was like hey jake look what's happening on the field know what you want to do based on what you see, get together with your line, and then talk about what you're going to do when you get on. And then it just went from there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, wait, real quick though. So I know you said there was just a quick application process, but like what made you... So I know currently you are a Team USA player, but so what made you first go into the coaching aspect of it rather than trying out as a player for the team? Uh, for me personally, at that point, for me, for Quidditch, I didn't think I was ready. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't at my top game to, I felt that I deserved to be on Team USA. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, like, how can I best help this team? And I was like, okay, I'll be an assistant coach, and I'll try and elevate it that way. Um, 
following that year, I got in a better shape. I worked out more. I focused more on my game and how I can improve. And then after that, I was like, okay, I think I'm best ready now to represent Team USA. And I went from there. That's awesome. Speaking, speaking of coaching, do either of you have any coaching aspirations for the, the USQ season? Obviously, Arian, Team USA assistant coach, Missy, you were half sort of my unofficial predecessor at Rutgers <laughs> for part of a season. <laughs> well, yeah, are either um, of you looking to coach? Well, so this past year, I was the UT's assistant coach. Uh, me and Marty Bermudez were, Marty was the head coach and I was the assistant coach. So we were working with, with Texas Quidditch. Awesome. I mean, I think for me, I don't have as, you know, the same relationship being that I'm not from Texas. Uh, so harder, I think, for me to jump on to, to coach a team where I don't really know, you know, like all their history and, you know, some of them, especially their college kids might, you know, not know who I am since I'm, I'm not from this region. Um, but I mean, I mean, I, I loved, you know, coaching Rutgers you know, last season, I mean, I, you know, would like to think I'd, I'd still be there maybe helping with you guys, uh, had I not made the move down here. Um, oh, I would, I would not be the coach if they had already had a coach. <laughs> hey, I, I like became friends with Nash over the summer and was like, Hey, if you need like help with setting out cones or if you want drill ideas, let me know. <laughs> and then two months later I was the head coach and I was like, Oh, oops. <laughs> But, um, I mean, it was kind of similar with the way Missy joined Rutgers as our head coach um, last spring. It was like the – it was like during the Super Bowl that week, I think. That was our first practice because it was like 60 degrees. It was like yeah. a really 60-degree day. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a beautiful day. But, uh, but yeah, no, that's sort of what it was with um, when Missy joined Rutgers as our head coach where she just messaged us. She just messaged me going, hey, like, can I come to Rutgers practices? I was like, you know what? would you mind being our coach? And she was like, hell yeah. I was like, let's do it. So yeah, she, um, she came on board as a coach and she, she showed up to a lot of the tournaments and a lot of, she was on our sidelines for nearly every game um, that those couple months that she was our ho- She was, she was our coach. So a uh, quick shout out to Missy, just because you, without you, we couldn't have finished those last couple months as strong as we did. Um, so thank you. I mean, I have to give you guys credit too. I mean, that, I mean, you obviously had a, you know, a, a shorter staffed team, uh, you know, that year. And I mean, with, I mean, you guys had so much dedication. Uh, I mean, even, you know, I, I remember, you know, when, when, I don't know if it was you got the email or I got the email that, that, you know, a, a bid was available. <laughs> um, I mean, to, to kind of, you know, jump on, you know, knowing, you know, it was going to be a hard run and, you know, we were hoping, you know, to, to pull maybe, you know, an upset somewhere. And I mean, I, I mean, you so close in, in that last game. I mean, I think I was, you know, jumping up and down that it was, I think it was down to the snitch grab. Oh man. Yeah. Um, we were down but, five in that game and we ended up coming back to go plus yeah. two and then they ended up catching the snitch to win the yeah. game. But I mean, I, 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 I mean, nothing, you know, but respect for the I mean, amount of dedication that every single one of those players, you know, showed, you know, coming to all those games, putting in all the work at, you know, all those practices. Uh, I mean, definitely, I mean, kind of reminded me a little bit of, you know, my old school Villanova days where, I mean, you know, we, we didn't have, you know, much to go on. Um, and, you know, we, we were short and then, I mean, staffed and our, you know, we knew, you know, we were going to be up against Middlebury at some point. Um, but, 
I mean, to just keep, you know, going. And I mean, to have followed you guys and, you know, everything that you've done this year. I mean, it's, I mean, fantastic. I mean, I, I loved hearing, you know, how, how much you've grown. Thank you so much for that. Um, wow. Oh, I think, yeah, no, actually, I think it is about time to start wrapping it up. So we're going to ask two or three. What? Bro, I'm having so much fun with this, dude. I know. This is the problem. We bring on interesting people and it's like, well, we could talk for three or four hours. Uh, no yeah. one's going to that. <laughs> We're going to ask some our questions. All right, all right. You, can, you can decide amongst yourselves who's answering first, but we're going to ask all of them to both of you. Um, so for either of you, uh, your favorite teammate in the, in the history of you playing Quidditch? Uh, for me, it's been Augie. I mean, we've been together for six years, six plus years. Um, we're brothers. We didn't, we didn't throw that before, and... I know you've been very modest this whole interview. Um, you haven't played a USQ season where you didn't win the national title. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so for anyone listening who didn't know that stat, there you go. Um, but yeah, yeah, so you've been playing with Augie for six years. It's, it's good. No, yeah, I mean, we do everything together still. I mean, we're brothers. I mean, I love everyone on my team, but he's been kind of like the constant throughout my Quidditch career. Yo, quick story about that before Missy answers. Um, I know I'm sort of like a younger kid, not my like thing. All right, so I'm just going to get into it. Last year, after because I was there in person when you guys played Heat on the championship game, and that was the game where, um, Aaron, you actually went down with an injury mid, like midway through the game. And after that, after Cavalry came back for the, for the, for the win, after you guys pulled to win the game, I remember Augie just finding you because you were on the sideline, just finding you, and you guys just hugged it out. And I genuinely, like I could say in front of everyone, I genuinely had tears just because to see the camaraderie, just to see how much you guys cared for each other was absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, that was just my little thing. I'm so sorry. No, no, yeah. I mean, I went down. I, I told my MCL in that game. Um, and I remember watching from the side, and we were down, I don't know, like 50 or 60 on Snitch on Page. But yeah. I like, knew, like, hey, we're going to win this still. Like, it never, like, crosses my mind that, hey, we're going to lose. Like, this is it. Like, just how hard we train and the scenarios we go up against, I'm like, we're coming back. Like, we know what we're doing. We're not going to panic. Just follow the plan, and we're going to go from there. I mean, uh, from being right next to him when Augie came up to him, because I know everyone stormed the field, um, and he was telling me to, to storm the field as well, but I, I stayed and helped him hobble over. Um, when, I mean, you say you had tears in your eyes. I mean, I, I mean, Augie came back and I think he was yelling, you know, like that was for you. That was for you. Um, and I mean, yeah, now there are six championships together. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, just kind of being on a, a team, uh, where, I mean, that was, you know, the, the response to, to a win and to someone who has been there with them the whole time. And so, you know, knowing that, you know, he got hurt and, you know, Arian would have done anything if he could to be out on that field, you know, for that catch, um, to have that been the response, you know, for, for a win between the two teammates. I mean, I had tears in my eyes and I mean, I definitely couldn't have been happier with, you know, my, you know, decision to, to move and, and, you know, play with them. I mean, that, that was something I, I had never experienced before mm -hmm. with a team. Um, so again, uh, Missy, real quick, who has been your favorite Quidditch player to play with? Your I mean, I, 
I, I think, like, I, I mean, I would have to say Billy Greco only because, I mean, without him, uh, I mean, we wouldn't have had a Villanova team, and I may never have kind of gotten into the sport or, you know, kind of continued. Um, I mean, we've been really close. We used to play. Uh, we live decently close together, so I would, you know, go up to Northern Jersey uh, in Montvale and play with them, you know, during the summers. And it's how I kind of met a lot of other people from other teams. Um, but, I mean, I, I think until Billy retired, I had never played on a team without him. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would have to say Billy. Cool, cool. Well, next question. Who is the most fun team or player to play against? Uh, for me personally, it's those guys from Boston, guys and girls from Boston. Like, I love playing QCB, um, Rev, Boston Night Riders, whatever iteration of them that it they are. For next year. Oh, it's such a blast. Like, I, I remember, like, I love, uh, I love Harry. I mean, that too. I mean, <laughs> I love Max and Lulu. Like, they're my favorite Quidditch players out there. I have both their jerseys from the past MOQ season because we trade, awesome. I traded jerseys with them. Awesome. And I remember like talking with Max and Lou after every every game and like, hey, and we agreed is like, hey, if we could play each other every week and just play each other. This would be great. Like, just the level that it's at is so much fun. It's a chess match out there. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it's it's a blast to play against them. Missy, I'm trying to think of someone who or a team that we've played a bunch or like had like a back and forth rivalry, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've ever had. Like yeah. I guess what you're you're saying. I mean, Villanova kind of played all over the place. Um, I don't know if I've ever had like a like a rival yeah. team. Okay. I mean, it doesn't have to be a rival. It could just be. I mean, yeah, it could just be some like a game or person that you think of. And you're just like, bro, that was so much fun playing with you guys. It doesn't. It's okay if you can't answer that. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't know if I have. A, yeah, I don't know if I have a great. Answer. <laughs> that's cool. No, that's fine. Um, so I guess this, another question for both of you guys, uh, you guys have obviously had some storied careers. What would you say is the best win in team history for you guys? Uh, any team past or present. Yeah. Yeah. It could be any. I mean, I guess two for me was just quick was the world cup. The first world cup we, I won with UT against UCLA, just the culmination of all the hard work that everyone put in and then just seeing it come to fruition was amazing to see and to be a part of um and then last year's semi against the boom train was a lot of fun because again that's the same thing of just like a lot of hard work and preparation just being executed perfectly and just seeing that come into play was a lot of fun to see and a lot of fun to realize and have happen right that i'll tell you right now that is one of my favorite games to watch just because of the pure dominance and that's one of the most dominant game i've ever seen and boom train obviously made it to the semifinals and they were a great team last year and for you guys for cavalry to completely shut them out was absolutely amazing the final score was 130 and i watched that game over and over again just to watch perfection and I, that might sound like a cliche but i love watching that game <laughs> No, yeah, because we, we lost to them at Heels versus Villains right. um, in bracket or whatever it was, and then and in group, and then we beat them in bracket, but it wasn't a good win in bracket. Like, we didn't feel satisfied with it. So when we knew we were going to come up against them, we knew what we needed to do. We knew their game plan. We knew where they wanted to hurt us, and then we just, like, minimized that with 
whatever with the with the strategy we implemented, which was like I said, really fun to see happen because we worked so hard on that, and then to see it play out that way was just very gratifying. Right. Um, one other quick thing. One of my favorite mo- uh, parts in that two. I have two favorite moments in that game. The first one was when I think it was Cullen Friday, the keeper. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just comes out of nowhere, stuffs. And it was like. It was like an outlet pass to the boom train chaser who was behind the hoops, and they took the shot. Cullen Friday comes out of nowhere, stuffs the play from, like, through the hoops. And that was one of the greatest plays I've seen because it, like, preserved the shutout, and it was absolutely amazing. And in that same game, Casey Irwin absolutely destroyed this one kid's ankles. I don't I don't know who the guy was, but there was – oh, my God. Casey Irwin's amazing. I'm so sorry. I love Casey Irwin. Russia's gonna push his rehab, do nothing but train for a year, and then move to Texas to join you guys. Yeah, also is about Casey Owen, the most underrated and underappreciated Quidditch player in history. Oh, dude, I'll tell you right now. I tell all of my chasers on Rutgers this year. If I told them, if you guys want to get better, the one person you have to watch is Casey because she is the most. She's the best defensive player on the field at any given time, and she's always in the right position on offense. So that's, dude, I love Casey Irwin so much. Well, I mean, yeah. And when you think about, like, all the strategies that have come out of Texas and mm-hmm. Calvary and all these different things that people dub or Cabal or uh, whatever you want to call it, right. a lot of that came from her mind. Mm-hmm. So, again, like I said, the most underrated and underappreciated Quidditch player in history. That's awesome. <laughs> I miss you. Best team win. You've played on a few teams in your time. Best team win. Um... I mean, definitely to, to be part of Texas Cavalry's uh, championship last year. Um, that, I mean, can't ever, like, not include something where you win a national championship. Um, but I guess uh, besides for that, um, we won regionals before, I mean, with Villanova. Uh, I mean, that was awesome being that it was the first regional championship uh, in the Mid-Atlantic, and I think just kind of, how it happened it was the first regionals that that did happen chronologically that year so um I mean that was incredible it was extremely close game I think I mean definitely I I think everyone had had Maryland beating us um so it was cool to kind of take that um but I I mean I think those would be my my two thank you guys so much yeah, I have one more Texas story if you want to hear it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, if you want to, like, I guess kind of a mindset of how we approach Quidditch, and I've had this conversation with Augie and Casey and Marty a lot of times, and it was basically like after every championship we've won, it's been that night we celebrate, and then literally the next day, the plane ride home, what are we going to do to win next year? That's the most the Bill Belichick thing you could have told me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's very similar. It's really, we get, we're on the plane, and I'm sitting next to Casey. I'm like, all right, how are we going to get back here next year? And then we're coming up with plans. We're seeing who's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And it starts that next day. Basically, the next season starts that next day. And then from there, we go. That I mean, I, awesome. I've definitely seen that in the, the two years that I'm here. Um, I mean – consistently, you know, reviewing every film from, you know, every game we've played, um, you know, going over practice film and and notes. I mean, there's not a single time I think where, you know, we're we're doing something Quidditch related that, that isn't, 
you know, filmed for us to review later. Um, and then for just us to continually get, get better, get better. I mean, I think the amount of scouting and, and team notes on other teams, um, I just, I've never experienced that anywhere else. I mean, the amount of preparation that, that gets put in here is, I mean, I, I mean like second, second to none. I mean, I don't think anything ever happens out on that field that we're not expecting. Yeah. And then like people are like, Oh, cap ball, slow ball or whatever that iteration, like people came up with, you can come up with like a bunch of PowerPoints, like bullet points that have to meet the criteria. And honestly, like just to get into real quick, not strategically, but where that came from was just, a pure hatred of just not scoring every drive. And it would be like, and in practice it happens too, like we miss a shot, we don't score. And it's like, what the fuck happened there? Like, why didn't we score? And it's, was it this shot was too bad? Was, did we go too early? Why did we take this shot instead of waiting to get a higher percentage shot? And that's where that comes from. It isn't like a checkpoint of like, we have to wait for this, this, this. It's just us hating, not succeeding. And then it just goes from there. I love I love the mentality of I don't like winning I just hate losing. Yeah, it's <laughs> a mentality to have if you want to be winning. Yeah. All right. Well, like we said before, we could talk to both of you for hours and hours, but uh, no one will listen to that, so <laughs> we're gonna cut it there. Thank uh, you so much, both of you, for joining us. And no problem. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, thanks again to Missy and Arian. Excellent interview from both of them. I mean, we could probably talk to them for four or five hours and we still wouldn't have gotten to everything. Uh, with that in mind, though, Naresh, what, what was your favorite part to, to get to know them about? <laughs> Dude, I absolutely loved that interview. I was, I'm huge fans of both players and just even off the pitch and like on the pitch, obviously. Um, I personally really loved a couple things. Uh, Arian talking about his like first practice where he showed up and he had to go up against like Simone um, in that uh, Thunderdome drill that they run. And then um, we're gonna have to find we're gonna have to find a new interview person so we can get the story of like ultimate foundation of texas quidditch the fact that arian went in in 2012 and he was like yeah harry potter was out we were just hitting each other i'm like who founded this program yo facts yeah yeah, 100 it's that we got to get to the bottom of that um but then yeah no but the second thing i really enjoyed from that interview was just the barbecue talk dude going to texas last year for barbecue was one of the greatest parts of nationals for me and then like um just hearing their story about how they went to tennessee and hearing arian like absolutely shit on um tennessee barbecue was great yeah no i mean i'm with him i i haven't been to salt lake yet rudy's though the brisket is excellent um i have to say though i think my favorite barbecue experience ever was in kansas city with some a pulled pork sandwich there at at, uh joe's which is a a gas station there Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I mean, for respect, I have, I will eventually wait in the lines at Salt Lake. Christmas is not the time of year to be doing that, but maybe I'll go this summer or something and we'll, we'll brave the lines. I got you. I got you. Oh yeah. Honestly though, speaking of which, I think the best pulled pork sandwich that I've had was on that trip down to Florida. Um, <laughs> we stopped at like, I think it was in like North Carolina. It was this random place right off the, it was like literally on the highway and it was just like one of like you could literally take an exit and then just like go into it into this actual family owned restaurant and we all got there it was like after 10 hours of driving i think and um we it was some of the best food we had eaten i personally loved it um 
I'm, that might have just been because like I hadn't eaten in like twelve hours, but like you know, <laughs> I thought you it was very good. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I feel that. But yeah, and in terms of um, another story that I really enjoyed was just like hearing the beginning, um, <laughs> hearing the story of how Missy like would just drive at like three in the morning just to get to Quidditch tournaments after doing like uh, rotations at like vet school. That's insane, bro. That's dedication. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the love of the sport. That's what we talk about. I mean, just kind of throw back to your, your road trip down to Florida story. I mean, you, something happens, you fall in love with the sport and you're kind of willing to go to crazy lengths to, to keep it. Um, And not to do a sad segue, but thinking of that, I mean, there's lots of talk all over the country with a lot of colleges debating going full virtual the fall semester and thinking about missing out on a whole class of recruits for this this crazy sport that most people don't have the chance to play in high school i mean who knows if texas will be able to keep up their dominance i mean obviously they have uh an excellent recruiting machine and and all the publicity that goes with national championships but hopefully this doesn't spell a downward spiral for other college programs especially some that are on the rise such as uvm who we just talked with Tufts, I know, has a ton of graduates. Harvard has some graduates. Th- those sorts of programs that um, have been around for a while and were just back up on the upswing. Um, hopefully, it doesn't spell doom for them. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's not just like those programs either. It's more of like because like with Texas, I think as Arian was saying, they get like hundreds of kids every year for tryouts. So I think they're kind of there. I think they'll be okay even if they do get like a they might not get a great recruiting class. I'm worried about like the rest of the schools that don't have the storied history that Texas does or have the um, sports club departments backing and just stuff like that, where it's hard if you don't have public, if you don't have like people actively making an effort to get a recruiting class, that's, it's really hard, especially if you're going to miss half the semester because it's going to be online. So we'll see what happens in the fall um obviously first things first safety is important so we'll see what happens um but yeah fingers crossed for all these programs that hopefully can continue yeah especially when you think about like the south and parts of the midwest and parts of the west where even if your school is is going to be back in session um if one or two other schools in your region aren't in session then maybe your average drive to a Quidditch tournament just went from seven hours to 15 hours. Yeah, dude, that's I another mean, thing. If, if a school in Southern Florida has a team and a school in South Carolina has a team, but there's no schools in between, I mean, that's that's tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that, I'm sure there's a lot of kids from the West listening who are like, yeah, we drive <laughs> we 14 definitely. hours to tournament, but hey, I'm, I'm from Boston. I'm, I'm used to, to shorter commutes. So. Yeah, right. Um... No, but like that's that's actually a real worry though because we actually had a meeting for Rutgers with like the sports club department and they were telling us how even if there is a fall semester they might not let us drive to these different places because that wouldn't adhere to social distancing because you can't pack a van in like with eleven adults into it because it's not ideal. But honestly, dude, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, things can get back to somewhat normal soon, but. That was kind of, this is very depressing. We're so sorry about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's end on a high note. Um, Thanks again to Missy and Arian. Excellent interview. I'm sure we'll get back with them at some point to follow up on a lot of these stories. Uh, And we'll be back with you next week with an interview from a college team. Uh, From here on out, we're going to try to kind of alternate our uh, college and club interviews. So make sure to have a good mix.
anyway, thanks again, everyone. Please like, subscribe, follow. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. That's a thing. <laughs> follow on Twitter. Yeah, tell your friends. You know, the whole shtick. I have never had to do this before. So if I'm forgetting anything, just remind us. <laughs> anyway, thanks. And see you guys later.